Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to Rise to the Top, a college football betting podcast with your host and number one college football handicapper, Freddie Wills. Ah, welcome back, college football betters. Uh, early on a Saturday morning, getting things going, uh, pretending it's uh, late August, early September already. Can't wait for this college football season. Uh, this is Freddie Wills. Welcome to another episode of Rise to the Top, a college football betting podcast. Last time we talked about the top five head coaches on the hot seat and how that pertains to getting a betting advantage. And today I'm going to be talking about my top seven surprise teams. These are teams that I think I can have some type of betting value, teams flying under a bit, bit under the radar and could end up in the college football playoff when it's all said and done. Before we get started, though, let's take care of some housekeeping, especially for you new listeners. Uh, this is my ninth year doing this professionally, handicapping college football. I have since dropped uh, handicapping other sports like baseball and basketball, despite success, to solely concentrate on the football season. And many of you probably followed me in the past and knew anyway, I did other sports and uh, really solely concentrated on college football and, and pro football. But more so college football, it really is my passion and uh, it's it's definitely my niche with seven out of eight profitable years with an average return on investment for clients of 47.5% per year. I would say I've been successful at this uh, multiple season championships over at Sports Capping where I compete against over 100 uh, college football handicappers professionally. So uh, 2017 recap, it, it was surely a grind, lots of ups and downs, but when it was all said and done, uh, we were... Uh, profitable uh for third uh by 34.21 percent return on investment for clients um you know it, it was one of those frustrating years for me but uh, again we finished on tap uh, on top with a profit you you can find more info about this by visiting me at freddywills.com i have my bio everything else up there you can also download all of my previous records all sports you can click the excel export option if you want to if you're an excel nerd like me and you want to do your own tweaking and check my math for whatever but uh, i also have some quick tools up there for you uh including my uh top plays my play of the days which have gone 63 percent against the spread on uh especially my max play of the days my 5.5 percent plays which uh i'm you know famous for so uh definitely check it out freddywills.com and I'm actually offering a, season, a special discount for my season package if you invest before the season. Simply email me at fw at freddywills.com for the deal. Also in the show notes. And, of course, if you're not ready to invest, no problem. There's always... Subscribe to Freddy's Premium Sports Picks newsletter. Free at freddywills.com. All right, so enough of all that. Let's get on. Uh, let's, let's get started on today's podcast. Uh, so 2017 top seven power five surprise teams. Next podcast, we'll go over the non-power five surprise teams. But today we're talking power five conferences. These are teams you would not expect to be in the discussion for the college football playoff, but that's exactly what I'm talking about here today. This also means each and one of these teams will have betting value this season because nobody is considering them to be in the mix as the top four team at the end of the season. We, we've certainly seen it in years past. There was always a surprise team by the end of the season. And uh, last year it was Washington. 
So uh, while most people will be picking Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, USC, and or Oklahoma to be in the top four, I'm giving a few teams that are big names and off the radar uh, of most. So definitely kick back, listen to the whole podcast. Uh, I'm going to break down each of the seven teams. No bullshit in between. We're going right through them. So I'm not going to be telling you to subscribe to my uh, premium pick newsletter or anything like that. So right off the bat, we're going to the Big 12, number seven, Kansas State. And who doesn't like uh, head coach Bill Snyder, right? This guy is a legend, and I'm happy to see him back on my list. Snyder, a great coach for football and life in, in reality. I mean, just follow his 16 goals for success, which are, I actually have this hanging on my wall, believe it or not. Commitment, unselfishness, unity, improve, be tough, self-discipline, great effort, enthusiasm, eliminate mistakes, never give up, don't accept losing, no self-limitations, expect to win, consistency, leadership, responsibility. And, uh, I mean, how can you not take – you can take a lot of advice from those 16 goals for success. Uh, but uh, we're talking football here, so uh, not life goals. <laughs> Last year's Wildcats team had the most starts by underclassmen under Bill Snyder with 135 starts from underclassmen. So that's very impressive to – to see in terms of uh, what's to be expected of this year's team. It's absolutely not typical of a Bill Snyder team with all the guys he typically pulls out of the JUCO market. Uh, Kansas State will have 14 returning starters to work with and, of course, the usual JUCO infusion. So the strength of this team is definitely experience at the quarterback position with Jesse Ertz. Ertz averaged seven yards per carry last year. He can also throw the ball, and he's got 79% of his offensive production returning, which includes 80% of last year's starts along the offensive line. So definitely things look exciting. Uh, Under-the-radar kind of guy I like from Kansas State is running back Alex Barnes. He's back. He looks like a budding star. I mean, this guy was electric last year. Anytime he touched the ball, uh, 70% of his carries last year went for over five yards per carry. That is extremely impressive. Um, you know, this team is going to be exciting to play, especially as an underdog. You always love playing uh, him, uh, Bill Snyder teams as an undergar- underdog. And, I, you know, I expect they will be underdogs in, in maybe three or four games. Oklahoma at home, which obviously I feel strongly about an upset alert, especially with Stoops stepping down as their head coach. They'll probably be underdogs at Oklahoma State and uh, possibly at Texas. So uh, exciting to see what they do and where they go. I, I know there there's a season that goes by that I don't put some money on Bill Snyder. I will rarely go against him, um, and when I have, it's probably burned me. So uh, moving on to number six, we're going Oregon Ducks. Uh, hey, I mean, there's a lot to be excited about the Oregon Ducks, which typically they're on the preseason polls for – Getting to the national championship this year, not so much. The last couple of years, they've struggled. They get a new head coach, uh, which could mean great results. Willie Taggart takes over from South Florida. I said countless times on my podcast last year and probably the p- previous year how bad I thought their previous head coach, Mark Helfrich, was and that he largely benefited in the past from the work of his predecessor and his, his predecessor's recruiting. And, of course, I mean, he, he kind of lucked out when he um, – had Heisman Trophy winning quarterback Marcus Mariota. After all, Helfrich was 24 and 4 with Mariota and just 13 and 12 without. So, I mean that that pretty much speaks volumes to me in terms of his uh, coaching. Willie Taggart 
man, did great things at South Florida in a short period of time. And obviously we know the talent level is always here at Oregon. They, they do have some exciting players coming back, including Rice Freeman at running back. And then they, they, they got the, the young quarterback some experience last year in Justin Herbert. He, he honestly had a great season as a freshman, completing 63, over 63% of his passes, 19 touchdowns, just four interceptions from a freshman. I mean, I get he's playing in the Pac-12, and, and they really don't play defense in the Pac-12 all that much. I'm not a big uh, – if you've listened to my podcast before, you know I'm not a big fan of the Pac-12. But uh, you know what? This team overall returned 17 starters, including nine on defense. And here's the biggest part. The biggest reason I like Oregon, and I talked about this last year with Colorado as a surprise team in in the preseason. I remember this vividly, talking about Colorado, surprise team, and and we know how they turned around their season last year. Oregon brings in defensive coordinator Jim Levitt, who did – I mean, he did wonders for the 49ers as their linebacking coach. It helped them get to the Super Bowl. He spent the last two years at Colorado improving their defense. Let's just take a look at it. In 2014, Colorado's defense was ranked 116th in yards per play allowed. Then they improved to 86th. All right. Nothing excited. I mean, you improved 30 spots. I mean, there's nothing really exciting about that, but still it's a a large improvement. And then last year they were 21st. I mean, that's dramatic. And and this guy, he's been around for a while, great coach. I think he's really going to form a great tandem with Willie Taggart. I'm, I'm excited to see what Oregon does. Um, I know they're a huge public team, but I'm hoping uh, the last two years there's still kind of a stigma that follows this team around and we can make some money in the early going. Uh, we already know that this offense will hum, and if you know Jim Levitt can, can do some magic in year one as the defensive coordinator, this team could be a dark horse to compete for a shot in the playoff. And uh, honestly, the only thing stopping them is two tough road games. They have to visit Stanford and Washington. But, I mean, if this is the Oregon – team of uh, previous measure, th- those those games are winnable. We'll, we'll see how the season goes along, but um, I'm definitely excited to see Oregon back in the mix here. Moving on, um, you know, number five, another Big 12 team. A conference, again, I'm, I'm not – big on the Big 12 and Pac-12. I just never have been, but that can change. And, and we'll cover that in our podcast, uh, breaking down the toughest conferences to play in. Um, last year, uh, sorry, getting sidetracked a little here, but last year I talked in detail about the ACC and what they had from an experience level around the conference and how they're taking the next step to being one of the best football conferences. And the year before, I was, I was talking about the Big 10. And then last year, of course, I said that the Big 10 was, they did they lacked experience. They and it definitely proved. We saw it in the bowl games. We saw how the ACC conference performed in the bowl games. We saw how the Big Ten uh, took a step backwards. We saw Ohio State lose the Clemson 31 to nothing in the playoffs. So, um, and and we'll we'll talk about that, um, you know, clearly in our next in our next few podcasts. But uh, my number uh, five team on the surprise list, TCU. And again, we're talking about another great coach, Gary Patterson. In, in 2014, this team was four and eight. And they rebounded to nearly making the national championship game. So there's, there is a history here, and uh, we are in another rebound year after a losing season um, since TCU lost in their bowl game. And Patterson has the most experienced team in the Big 12 right now, with 17 returning starters, including 10 on offense. 
Although I, I, I do have to admit, I'm not a huge fan of their quarterback, Kenny Hill, from his days at Texas A&M even. This is his third year playing in college football. The second year in this offense, I mean, it can only help him. So I wouldn't be surprised if he, he took the next step. But uh, we got a key game here against Kansas State on October 14th. It really could go a long way in determining whether this team will make it to the Big 12 title game. And I, I think it's between those two teams as a team that will likely face off against, uh, I mean, obviously everyone's pick is going to be Oklahoma. We'll, we'll see. A lot more uh, breaking down of these teams to do, but uh, I do think TCU is going to be back in the mix, and they could be a surprise team to uh, come out of the Big 12 and, and possibly get into the college football playoff. Next on the list, you wouldn't really expect this team to be on the list, and uh, number four surprise team, Michigan Wolverines. Uh, again, see a trend here? Talking about another great coach, Jim Harbaugh, on the list here. You would not think this team would be considered a surprise, but uh, they're only expected to win nine games this year with only five returning starters and only one on defense. Countless players moving on to the NFL. It would certainly be a surprise to see this team in the mix in the Big Ten. After all, though, Ohio State Buckeyes, who made my list last year, had just six returning starters, and, re- and they did reach the college football playoffs, so it's, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibilities here. Harbaugh, though, I, I, I love about Harbaugh is he gets his quarterback back here in Spates, who is he's a legitimate star in the making and I really like how he handled some tough situations last year that game against Ohio State uh, you know that was a game many actually would argue they won uh, they a lot of people thought they started they they stopped uh, Barrett on that fourth down but um, I was happy Ohio so Ohio State won because I won some money on it but I felt very fortunate you know I, I really thought Harbaugh kind of out coached uh, Ohio State in that game. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this year. Uh, They do get Ohio State at home, which is a bonus. If they can somehow beat Florida in the opener, there could be a lot of buzz as the season moves on because they won't be challenged until October 21st at Penn State, where they could be 6-0. And, And, you know, Vegas, again, as I mentioned, sets their over-under win total at 9. But I I believe uh, 10-2 is more likely for this year's team. Um, and, And we'll talk about their season opener um, against Florida, which is going to be a very tough game. We'll talk about that in a minute here. Um, obviously, for reasons that you have an inexperienced team, the, the first game on your season, you don't want to face a, a, an SEC tough opponent. So um, I'll, I'll just say that, and we'll, we'll talk about it later. Uh, all right, so the next surprise team on the list, going back to the Big 12, because um, <laughs> let's be honest, any team that comes out of the Big 12 and gets into the college football playoff, is going to be a surprise. So I have three of them on this list, I believe. Let me just double-check. Yeah, three three Big 12 teams. And this one um, will be a surprise to many. Texas Longhorns, they fire their head coach. Tom Herman takes over. He did great things at Houston. And as the offensive coordinator at Ohio State before, Herman is – he's honestly – he's he's the – hottest young coach in the league and I, I'm not talking about his looks uh, although he's not bad looking I'm you know I, I can say that I have a wife I'm married um but um Herman is he, he again he's notorious for winning big games he's 22 and 4 as a head coach he opened up last year as a double digit dog and they upset Oklahoma on a neutral field so his his team also dominated another top five team later in the year Louisville 36 to 10 and that was a shocker um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they were a double-digit underdog in that game. So, um, you know, he went 6-0 versus ranked foes. 
He beat three top 10 teams. What, what I like the most about this team is the fact that they do return 17 starters, 10 on defense, which is a huge deal. They get uh, Todd Orlando to come over with Herman and as the defensive coordinator, and he had Houston as a top 15 unit last year, and the recruiting that he did at Houston was amazing, um, getting guys that should have been playing for D1 teams. So uh, he's got plenty of talent to play with. If this team can somehow shock USC, the Pac-12 favorite on the road in September, we could be talking about a very special season. And with months to prepare for that game, you know they'll be ready with Tom Herman as their head coach. So I, I think that's the early game they circle. USC is getting a ton of hype, um, as we've heard them get hype in the past. And I, I think Texas could actually win that game. Um, but there are many other signs pointing to this team moving up. Uh, unfortunately, they went 3-6 and six in the Big 12 a year ago. And they did that despite being plus 20 yards per game, which which to me always indicates poor coaching. Sometimes it's bad luck, but mostly poor coaching. And, you know, I, I love the coaching moves. And that's the biggest reason I see Texas being a factor this year. Um, you know, they get their young quarterback, uh, a bit of a gunslinger coming back. And uh, I, I think this, this offense will be just fine. And I think the defense is going to show dramatic improvements. So that's a, those are the reasons why I like Texas. And I, I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity uh, to back this team, which, uh, I mean, they'll probably still have some hype in the beginning of the year with, with Herman taking over. But um, I think we can find some spots to take this team. I don't think people are going to expect Herman to turn this team around as quickly as he can. And I think that game against USC, I think that one could be a bit of a shocker. And um, obviously we'll see what the spread is then, but I expect them to be double-digit dogs in that game. So moving on here, uh, back to a conference I'm very comfortable with, which is the ACC. And uh, this team, some some people may think I would have Clemson here. I do think Clemson is, is still going to win 10 games this year. Uh, although I don't think uh, you can pick a team like Clemson as the surprise team after they won the national championship. But uh, really here, uh, I'm talking about a team out of the Coastal in Miami. And, you know, I was high on this team early last year and in my preseason podcast. I was excited for Mark Richt coming back to his alma mater after he left Georgia. I mean, all he did at Georgia was win 10 games year and after year after year. Uh, could never win the big one, but Richt, a very underrated head coach, in my opinion. Uh, there, there are a few reasons why I think this team has a chance for something special this year. The, the first thing is the schedule, all right? I mean... I predict they will be favorites in 11 out of their 12 games here, uh, maybe 10. Uh, their their one game is a tough one going to Florida State, a team that's loaded this year, obviously, and is in the AP top five. Uh, but Miami has played Florida State well the last three seasons, losing by one, four, and five points, respectively. I would say – so that's a big uh, situational play because I would circle the week before against Arkansas State. They go on the road to play a Sunbelt team. You usually don't see the Power 5 teams going on the road to play these lower conference games. But um, Arkansas State, uh, they only get like 10 guys starters returning, but uh, they always have a very competitive team challenging for the their conference championship. So I think that's going to be a tough game that Miami might be looking ahead to the Florida State game knowing that's what's going to stand in their way of going undefeated. And they've come so close the last three seasons, beating Florida State, their in-state rival. I, I just think that uh, that's a good week to 
to uh, fade Miami and then back it up by backing them against Florida State. But uh, I'm not saying that those are going to be official plays. Anything can happen between now and then, um, and we still don't know how Miami's quarterback's going to play. So um, as Brad Kaya moves on to the NFL, so that's the big question mark. I, I do have Miami as a surprise team, as I mentioned, and playing in the ACC championship game with a shot at a playoff spot. It's worth noting that huge look-ahead spot with Arkansas State out of the Sun Belt. Uh, because they've probably been preparing all, all season for that game uh, in Ar- Arkansas State, and you know Miami's not looking at them. So um, I, I think uh, with the right spread, I'd be back in Arkansas State. More on Miami, though. Their defense was roughed up last year, and they got some some inexperienced guys uh, to play, and I think that's going to benefit them this year. This team improved defensively um, from 2015 to 2016 by roughly 10 points per game allowed, 28.2 to 18.5, and, and now they, they return eight starters. So uh, that defense is going to be just as good. And, and then on offense, they arguably have the best offensive line in the ACC. They all seniors and juniors. And uh, at wide receiver, they have a ton of talent. And I really don't think this offense is going to miss a beat without Brad Kaya. I think they'll still be averaging around 35 points per game um, which should result in a lot of wins this year and the possibility of uh, getting back to the old Miami days. So the last team we're going to talk about today, um, and we're heading to the SEC, obviously. Any team that uh, – I'm waiting for the day that two SEC teams get into the college football playoff. I think it will happen at some point. Uh, the SEC has been down uh, the last couple of years besides the SEC West, but uh, the SEC East has been extremely down the last few years. But uh, that's exactly where I'm going here, and I'm going to the Florida Gators. Uh, look, listen, Jim McElwain now in his third season as the head coach of Florida, and despite coaching a big-name program, nobody was expecting him to take this team to the SEC championship the last two years. He even did it despite losing his starting quarterback to injury in back-to-back years. But this year they have Notre Dame transfer Malik Zaire, which is I, I mean I'm I'm excited for. I think it's creating a lot of buzz. I, I the way Malik Zaire plays, and uh, it's almost taking you back to what could be possible from the Tebow days with with what this offense could could do this year. And and you know what we already know Florida will have their usual top ten defense. Last year this was another team that had to fight through a ton of injuries playing a lot of underclassmen, and now they have a deeper, more confident bunch this year because of that. And again, I'm not just talking about Malik Zaire, but this offense is loaded, ready to get back to being dynamic. Nine returning starters plus Malik Zaire. This offense is ready to take flight in McElwain's third year, in my opinion. You got Jordan Scarlett and uh, LaMichael Pirine in the backfield. Antonio Callaway at wide receiver is a star whenever he touches the ball. And then you add in Brandon Powell, the veteran uh, senior, to go along with him. Uh, also a tight end in uh, DeAndre Goolsby. Who, who's also a senior. So you have a lot of talented players with a lot of experience. And uh, I'm very excited to see what Florida can do. I'm expecting the defense to play up to their usual expectations. And, and again, we're talking about schedule. I love their schedule. This team has just three true road games all year, uh, partially due to the fact that LSU refused to play them uh, here last year after the storm and, and that had their game moved to LSU. Now Florida will be home for that interesting matchup in October and, uh, of course, this team opens up against the aforementioned Michigan Wolverines. But, uh, again, they're facing a team with five returning starters at 
the right time. When do you want to face a team with low experience? September. Uh, also worth noting is the fact that the Big Ten is just 11-22 and 22 versus the SEC since 2010 and have gone 2-6 and six the last two years. So Florida, my favorite in the SEC East. I see them losing one game along the way, and uh, I think they'll find themselves back in the SEC championship with their best shot at winning uh, compared to the last two years. Um, and, and obviously likely against Alabama, but um, I do think uh, Florida. So that wraps up today's show. Florida, my number one surprise team, followed by Miami, Texas Longhorns, Michigan, TCU, Oregon, and Kansas State. So thanks for listening today. Appreciate it. Um, again, if you're new to the show, make sure you uh, subscribe and you can do so. Subscribe to Freddie's Premium Sports Picks Newsletter, free at freddywills.com. On our next podcast, we'll talk about the non-Power 5 surprise teams. Please make sure you subscribe to this podcast. You can do so on iTunes or any other podcast app. Just search College Football Betting. I'll be the number one podcast. Or you can just search Freddie Wills. That's uh, Freddie with a uh, Y. So uh, until next time, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, remember, the will to prepare is nothing without the will to win or vice versa. It's a morning Saturday. I'm, I'm tired. But um, take care, and uh, we'll see you next time.